0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 148 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: And Joe, we have news. It's happening. We finally <laughs> got something. Um, that's right. Overwatch League has uh has announced some details for this new season, the start date. How long it's gonna be, all that good stuff, which is gonna be ending our show today, so be sure to to stay tuned until then. But man, I, I am very excited, Joe. We actually we actually got something to talk about this week, right?
1: It's good to know that um the league exists. You know, <laughs> they they remembered their their uh YouTube password. <laughs> um <laughs> they did. They did. And, and just and just in time too. Like we're saying, we'll it's it's uh, sorely needed.
0: Yep, definitely. Uh, before we get to that, we do have some general Overwatch new general Overwatch news here. Um, starting off with the experimental creator card, um, the second one. If you didn't know, there was a first one. Uh, basically, they get a bunch of content creators, people in the community, to make some wacky experimental cards. Patch notes. Um, And this is the second one they are doing. Um, And the four uh, creators this time were Jake, Wanted, Lemon, Kiwi, and ML7. Um, So four obviously great great content creators in the community, for sure. Um, And yeah, they do that experimental card. And then they actually have a tournament as well to go alongside of it, which I believe um, ended yesterday maybe
1: yeah <laughs> it's it's been uh it's been long enough that since the news came out that yeah the the thing has actually passed now but uh they had uh, yeah, another one of those tournaments like they did like they did last time yeah um, and it looks like looks like a team one uh featuring custa i don't know who else was on it uh, hmm. i assume probably other um other like big name community people um well, some of them were like using you know different accounts and something with different names just kind of for the heck of it but uh yeah, gotcha but notably custom was there so
0: nice yeah uh obviously a lot of pro players played in the first one not i didn't pay attention that much to this one um but it also came with uh, obviously the experimental card patch notes with some a bunch of wacky stuff any Anything here, Joe, that you wanted to point out that you, you thought was extra wacky or anything you thought
1: maybe could be cool in the actual game? Yeah, there was there was definitely a lot to this. Um, and it started with the initial launch, uh, which was, um, this says the 16th, I think it may have been even a little bit, um, oh, no, yeah, no, I'm looking at the right thing. It may have been a little bit... Um, earlier than the 16th that this actually fully came out i'm not 100 sure um but yeah the whole big experimental oh yeah this came out, came out on the 10th um with, with yeah, a bunch of different individual changes that are hard to go through um because i think they touched you know basically every hero um but notably, there was uh, a change to the uh, tank role as as a class. All of the tanks um, initially had 50% um, reduction to their damage, as in the, the damage that they, they dealt uh, was reduced by 50%, um, which was pretty significant. Uh, that got nerfed a few days uh, after the patch launched, um, down to 25% instead of 50%. Uh, that was that was notable in terms of like notable abilities. Arissa's uh, halt got a really funky change, um, where she could like um, instead of pulling um, enemies like into one geographic area, uh, she sort of tethered someone to herself um, to to like pull them in, kind of um, kind of uh, hook like. Except I don't know. I think there was it was less of a pull and more of just like you know restricting their movement away. Um, which was funky. Um, let's see. And she also got a a speed um a speed buff while fortified, which was interesting. Um, just scrolling through really quickly just for the for the unusual things. Um, Genji got um the rework with where his dragon blade um um was. Uh, I believe the cost was reduced as well as the duration um and swift strike he got an extra charge of um and every time he killed somebody it reset um uh, even like during the normal game rather than just the ultimate um miscellaneous things maze ice wall if you walled underneath somebody it would launch him up into the air um I believe that was enemies or allies which was which was something uh Jake, of course, being the the <laughs> Flex DPS um the Flex DPS changer person for this particular patch uh gave Junkrat um uh, the buff where uh he no longer had audible footsteps. So <laughs> <laughs> you could be you could be the the stealth rat. Um no other buffs but that. <laughs> He's like this, yeah, a, this is all I need. Yeah, yeah small change to the rib tire, but yeah, basically that was that was <laughs> it for Junkrat. rat. Um yeah, miscellaneous things. Um, I feel like there was a little bit more, so I'm scrolling through very quickly. Um, yeah, Lucio. Uh, Lucio's uh, sound barrier. Uh, it, rather than in in the last patch or maybe the April Fools' patch or something. Uh, wow, has it been that long? <laughs> it's, it's the end of February. And I'm thinking about an April Fools' patch. Um, uh, rather than dealing damage from Sound Barrier when you land on enemies, this would just uh, apply to, a knockback effect to the enemies you landed on. Uh, one of the one of the really interesting support changes was to Mercy. Uh, Mercy and Symmetra, I guess, who got moved to a support hero. Uh, but Mercy uh, got her abilities uh, switched around, so Resurrect became an ultimate <laughs> again, and uh, Valkyrie was actually b- bound to, uh, I guess it would be E. Um where um, she didn't get as much movement speed bonus, and um, the duration was significantly reduced, but it, you got the chain healing a little bit, or excuse me, you got the uh, the mobility was the biggest benefit there, and you could get you get the AOE resurrect just like from really old Mercy, and then Symmetra uh, where um, got reworked so that her turrets uh, could heal allies instead of uh, damage enemies, so. Uh, that was it. Was that was actually inter- interesting? Yeah. Look, uh, she she got some play, um, definitely. I think in this tournament, if I as I recall,
0: yes, um, Symmetra actually being a support.
1: Yeah, obviously with considering that that was the uh, <laughs> initial uh, uh, initial vision, but yeah, this was <laughs> oh, definitely a different a different take on that for sure. Yeah, from uh, ML7
0: yeah i I like these are just fun to go through and just like imagine them actually going into the game yeah i don't i don't remember if last time they like had a patch for the experimental card but yeah they did end up like rolling back some of these and (laughs) because some of them were busted or and some of the changes were just uh more op than they expected um which is fun as well um but yeah these are always fun uh it's always sad that they're just experimental cards and we just move on from them. Um, Although some of the changes do eventually make it in somehow. Um, Yeah. I I think, I think it's just fun to, to, to mess with the game like this for sure. Even if it is for a little bit.
1: Yeah. And if nothing else, it's good to know. um, It's good to know that the, um, community knows that the developers know how to just try stuff. <laughs> um, and granted, you know the ideas uh, ostensibly come, you know, from these content creators. But I'm sure there's there's dialogue and there's um, you, you know the back and forth about you know oh this is something we've been trying to mess with. If you want to try to you know throw this in somewhere, um, uh, and that kind of stuff. But but knowing that um, those kinds of ideas are still being still being tried and still being manipulated is definitely there's, there's some value to that for sure.
0: Oh yeah. And just seeing these things as a person who loves overwatch is just like, God, just do this for the live game for a little bit, do something, you know, do, do something. I don't care if it's busted, do something rather than nothing. Um, And it is nice to see that they can do things, but I guess they just choose not to. I mean, Blizzard's just always been polish over, over quickness and over speed. So um yeah very very fun to see that happening there's more content coming to overwatch um as well uh coming tomorrow actually um and it's a new challenge uh where you can get a new challenge skin this time it is reaper reaper's code of violence challenge um that con that came with a comic book i believe as well a uh, short story short story okay short story yeah so I-
1: I believe the last one like that we got was, um, the, uh, well, I don't know. I'm probably going to be wrong, but the last one I can think of is the one with Symmetra and Zenyatta. Mm -hmm. Um, when they did their, I forget what it was even called, but, um, but yeah, it's like that. And, and (laughs) uh, and I actually took the time to read it, uh, this afternoon, this evening. It's, it's pretty good. Um, got to go, um, Behind the scenes a little bit with uh, with Reaper and Sombra, um, and a little bit of uh, I guess the backstory of um, uh, their relationship, but also um, they're they're on a mission to go find uh, a mysterious Dutch scientist person uh, who we can't possibly understand who that might be. But <laughs> um, yeah, talent stuff.
0: Nice. God, I miss, like, character or, like, hero teasers like that where you, like, knew they were, there was going to be a hero coming out soon. But, uh, yeah, we're just waiting for Overwatch 2 for all that, obviously. Um, but, yeah, all that stuff looks cool. Um, get ready tomorrow through March 8th, I believe, to uh, get that Reaper skin.
1: Yeah, they haven't shown the skin. Yeah, they haven't shown the skin or given, like, the specific details yet but i'm sure that'll be coming
0: yeah uh definitely will be uh all right next up is exciting news for the san francisco shock and the contender scene i guess It's, it's the san francisco shock has teamed up uh in a partnership with o2 blast if you don't know O2 blast then you don't pay attention to contenders overwatch at all because they are one of the best korean contenders teams uh in contenders no doubt um And now they are partnering up. Um, This is going to be absolutely huge, not only for the contender scene in general, but for the San Francisco Shock, who uh, obviously uh, took some O2 Blast players this offseason and I believe would like to do so going forward. I believe they would definitely enjoy uh, having some more young players from O2 Blast come join their team throughout the years here. Uh, What do you think about this partnership, Joe?
1: Yeah. I think even if they're not calling it, um, you know, if they're not treating it like in an, an Academy team per se, I mean, this is the, the kind of relationship that, um, you know, has been envisioned for the league for a long time in terms of, um, uh, Overwatch League and, and contenders teams, um, making connections and, um, forming pathways and working together. Um, th- that's super cool. Obviously, um, uh, San Francisco, um, uh, as a uh, part of the, the energy, um, corporation or whatever, the, the esports company, but like they haven't had a contenders team in quite a while. Um, and so it's good to, uh, well, I, yeah, it looks like May of 2019 was the, the end of that. But so, yeah, it's good to, you know, try to put, put your foot down and, and make a mark on that. Um, and yeah why you know if you're the San Francisco Shock why not um uh, you know jump right in with uh, one of the one of the really top um uh, top uh Korean programs at the moment i mean that's um it's where you're going to find and have found lots of your good talent so yeah it's it's definitely exciting for uh, for for fans of either work
0: oh yeah it's i mean it's great news if you're i mean everyone should be a fan of contenders and the lower scenes below overwatch league cuz is- um, you, you need players to to run the Overwatch League and if people stop, if if those contenders players aren't supported and people stop joining, it, it, the league's kind of in trouble. So this is absolutely huge, especially since most of the news we see is, at least in recent years, is team, our teams dropping their contender teams rather than adding one. Um, so it's good to see, you know, it's not an official academy team or anything like that, but this is what you want, you know? Um, sort of a farm system for the San Francisco Shock. Um, and, I, yeah, Shock fans definitely going to love that one, especially after losing a lot of their team this past year, uh, to know that the future is bright for sure for the Shock. I mean, what could you expect? You still got a great coach and great management. So, Absolutely. All right, now let's get into some player signings, starting off over uh, with the Chengdu Hunters, who um, – Actually, haven't made a signing this offseason yet, Joe. this is, I believe this is their first uh, signing this season because they last year they signed a bunch of players um, and they had them through contract uh, basically through this year. So they didn't really need to sign too many people. Uh, but they have signed someone and it's app uh, maybe. this is the one count as a, as an I here.
1: Yeah, that's probably my guess.
0: Yeah. At Brita, um, who was on Team Chaser, which is, speaking of contenders teams, the Chengdu Hunters contenders team uh, for the past two years, since 2020, or at least the end of 2020. Uh, so they will be adding him. He's a DPS player. Uh, looks like HitScan mainly. So he joins Jinmu and leave. Already a fantastic DPS line, obviously, here in Chengdu. Um, We'll see. Maybe he gets... I mean, Chengdu loves flexing their DPS. Um. So yeah, we'll see if he gets get some play time there. I don't know much about him, but uh, what do you think of this show?
1: And is it, yeah, interesting signing. Absolutely. Um. You know, you get the get the flexibility, particularly in that, um, DPS rule that I'm sure we're uh, we we have yet to see the full impact of in terms of uh, the way it's going to play out in, in Overwatch Two and all these kinds of things. Um. Uh. It, it's also interesting to me to see <laughs> the wear. Uh, where that leaves the Chengdu roster right now, they've got uh, eight players signed. Uh, four of them are supports, uh, with with three if you don't count uh, Evil Doll, who's signed two ways with Team Chaser. Um, uh, three DPS and the one tank in Gaga actually is the only tank player right now for the sign for this roster, um, and that would be a very interesting way to start off the season, uh, mm-hmm. to say the least. <laughs> Definitely,
0: I, I would expect them to get a tank here. Yeah, because some of the players they lost were mostly tanks, right? Because late Young retired, also retired. Uh, they lost Amung. So, yeah, they <laughs> they really uh, need a tank here. I mean, obviously, only one tank in Overwatch 2, but and Gaga's great, uh, for sure. But you definitely want another one, uh, someone who can specialize in some heroes that Gaga can't. Uh, but yeah, Chengdu shaping up, obviously, after their best year yet. Shaping up uh, to be good again this year, I would imagine. Um, All right. Up next, we have um, the LA Valiant making a signing. um, Who, you know, unfortunately, had some unfortunate news this week as well. uh, Because they were expected to sign XC. Unfortunately, that fell through. So, XC will no longer be returning to the league with the LA Valiant. But they did sign Langsa here, um, who's a support player, uh, who we did see in the league at some point on the Chengdu Hunters, actually, and then was on Team Chaser last. Uh, we saw him here in 2021. So, uh, yeah, he joins the Los Angeles Valiant. Uh, the five-player roster as of now is Coldest, Becky, Innovation, Dia. And now Langsa uh, joins that crew of four. No tanks yet on this roster at all, so we definitely have some announcements still coming for from the Los Angeles Valiant. Um but yeah, uh Lanxa, I don't did he play much on Chengdu? I can't remember if he was like ever a starter or anything. But I remember him being wow. in the league.
1: Yeah, I don't recall um like you said, much of a much of a primary role for him. Um but um, you, you know, enough that um I recognize that he existed. So <laughs> Yeah, that's I remember um, his name. <laughs> yeah, nice. and, and particularly with the the teams with really big rosters like Chengdu, I mean that's you know, that's that's not uh that's not nothing to say that.
0: Oh, well, yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Um
0: all right, up next is another player, unfortunately, uh who won't be competing this year, and it is Jonak. This is gonna be the first year we're not gonna see him competing, which is so sad. Uh, Obviously, if you didn't know, he was on NYXL last year, got signed this offseason to his first new team. Um, It was the Soul Dynasty. But unfortunately, for health reasons, he will not be playing this year. Uh, Very sad. Obviously, Jonak, huge presence. First MVP this league has had. Um, Hopefully, we'll see him back eventually. I, I don't know. We've seen... Obviously, a lot of player, legendary players like this come out of retirement or come come out uh, after their health problems and come back in the game, but who knows what will happen. He's still 22. Uh, but yeah, looks like we will not, as of now, will not be seeing Jonak on this Soul Dynasty roster, um, which, you know, definitely a little sad for them. But they luckily do have uh, two support players left here with Creative and uh, Vendime uh, left over so they aren't in need because of jonax leaving um they still probably have some more signings coming they only have one tank right now so i mean maybe they just go out and just get a support as well while they're shopping for a tank um but yeah sad news right joe
1: yeah this was um uh he, he definitely uh jonak was uh, going to be a big part of this um you know, soul dynasty, super team kind of thing that they were, um, you know, beginning to build over there. And, you know, I don't think, um, not that I'm saying that this is going to, you know, ruin the roster that we're looking at already, but, um, but, but yeah, it was definitely going to be good to have him, uh, you know, round out the five years at least, um, uh, uh, in the league there. But having said that, um, it's, you know, good on, good on soul, good on Jonak for being, um, you know, aware enough and recognizing, um, um, the, the need to, to take a step back and, and take some time for himself. I mean that's uh, obviously really valuable um in terms of you know uh he, well even thinking about, you know, if he's if he ever thinks about returning, I mean that's um that you want to make sure you're you're treating yourself as, as well as you can. Um um uh, I saw the the stat somewhere somebody put up again um that, that Jonak had played uh one hundred percent of New York's um maps uh while while he was on the new york excelsior which was all four years of the league um very rare and that yeah yeah that is that no no other no other player had done that um i think i mean the next was like you know high 80s or 90s but uh, but nobody else had hit that um 100 map i mean that's a that's, as they say that's a valuable player you know
0: absolutely i mean uh, new york used him um to, the, to his highest potential, too. So definitely sad for the Seoul Dynasty. He was a big piece there. Um, all right, let's move on to Shanghai Dragons making a signing. And it, it's a surprising signing for me personally, Joe, um, to be honest. I, I, I First of all, I didn't expect this player to get signed again because I think he's been – it's Bebe. I think he's been average throughout his time here in the league on the Hangzhou Spark from 2018 to 2020 Uh, and then last year on the Washington justice, I thought he was one of the weak spots in their roster. Um, so I didn't think, I didn't expect when, when Washington dropped him for him to get another chance here, let alone uh, get another chance from the defending champion Shanghai dragons, uh, joining this roster. Um, and he joins Ali Lee Gong and Izzy Aki, uh, over here in their support line, um, Probably because Molly ended up leaving recently, um, who was a support for the Shanghai Dragons, left for the Guangzhou Charge, that Shanghai went shopping for another support, ended up choosing Bebe. Um, Yeah, I I mean, maybe they'll use Bebe every once in a while, but this is a Shanghai Dragons team that obviously has their starting lineup. They usually just stick to it, um, unless they want to flex onto some interesting comps. Uh, But yeah, what do you think about this thing, Joe?
1: yeah and it's worth noting um uh with Shanghai 2 we didn't uh didn't throw that onto the the uh, roster the show document uh but they did confirm uh as far as I'm aware on their their social media uh that this is you know this is the roster we're looking at too these these eight players uh will be the, the Shanghai Dragons at least going into uh this 2022 season but yeah I mean talk about um it's talk, talk about an off season I mean <laughs> um uh, with with very few exceptions. You know, this is just... Uh, like, yeah, really no exceptions at all. I mean, uh, you, you know, upgrades and, and condensing of talent um, uh, across the board. I mean, they brought in... Um, uh, they brought in... Who are you, I guess, sort of mid-season last year? Um, it was their, their newest addition other than Bebe. Um, but other than that... Excuse me. Other than that, I mean... Uh, this is literally a, a championship roster, um, and that's that's a- exciting to, to see uh, again. If once as we're trying to see what the heck is up with with next season, um, there, there's there's definitely things. It, it's good to know that there are things you can still count on, uh, like the the Shanghai Dragons roster.
0: Oh yeah, I, I, I will say even though you might look at their offseason and be like, ah, they did nothing. That's boring. Like, this is rare in esports, you know? that It is super, super rare for a team to just do nothing, practically. Um, they lost one player and gained one. That's all that happened for this team. Kept their entire starting lineup. Kept their coach. Kept just, every, just everyone, basically. Um, pretty insane. Uh, they did lose their assistant coaches, of course. Um, which naturally, I believe, happens on a championship team. Uh, you, you kind, of, everyone kind of jumps for the assistant coaches or anyone else they can sign because those assistant coaches can, you know, make a case that they deserve to be a head coach um, and take take a take a different team somewhere. So, yeah, the, the Shanghai ro- roster. You know, even though it was their off season may have been boring. Like this is impressive for esports that. This team and most of this team has been signed with them since 2019 too. Like there has been just nothing that is tearing this team apart, which is so rare. Um, and you got, you got to give a shout out to, to a team that started off this, this league as well being like the most, the worst team um, and just Owen 40. And we thought it was going to be a disaster of a franchise. They are clearly becoming like the best franchise in this league uh, by far, the most consistent and the most stable, which is you can't name another team really that is as stable as the Shanghai dragons here in the past couple of years. So um, like even teams like the shock, who we thought was going to be that stable team, just dropped their entire roster this off season after like a fourth place finish, not that bad. So um, yeah, props to the Shanghai dragons. Um, and that brings us to uh, the announcement. The Overwatch League's 2022 community update um, number one video that they released here. Very exciting, um, and I do like how I, I do want to point out it is titled community update number one, which implies we are going to be getting more community updates, uh, hopefully very often here. Um, but yeah, we got some a bunch of information. Season opening May 5th, uh, so we're almost about two 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 and a half months away from it, around, uh, around two and a half months. Uh, it's going to be a 24-match season. That is up from 16 matches um, last year, so obviously that means 24 matches per team in the league. Uh, in the West, you now have 13 teams this year, so 24 matches gives you a double round robin. Uh, playing everyone else once or, or I mean playing everyone else twice and then if you're in the east um, You get one run Robin per tournament, which there of course is four of uh, So you'll play everyone four times everyone else four times um, Obviously, we know New York Excelsior returning to the west. Uh, they announced that there are going to be live events planned. They renamed um, Some of these tournaments here. We got the kickoff clash then we'll have the mid-season madness, um, which they announce will be a, the a, a global tournament. It won't just be West competing against each other and East competing against each other. It'll be East versus West. So, like we had in the playoffs, we'll get the summer showdown again and then the countdown cup again, um, which will be global because I think it'll basically be playoffs, right? Yeah,
1: the yeah the global distinction. Um, yeah, whereas last season they did um like the hawaii thing after every after every tournament cycle uh as i understand it after the kickoff clash which is tournament cycle 1 and the summer showdown which is cycle 3 uh there actually won't be any intra division play at all so there'll be a an east champion and a west champion for both of those uh both of those cycles but yeah the mid season madness there'll be there'll be crossover um and of course canada Dung cup will um qualifying for for playoffs
0: Yep, they also announced, I believe there are more teams making playoffs this year, which I am sad about, uh, but I can get into later. Uh, They announced plans are going to be happening again to make playoffs. Um, They announced that they are going to change the league points based off the tournaments a little bit. Um, You get one point if you just qualify for um, one of those tournaments. Um, Kickoff Clash, Mid-Season Madness, any of those, you, you get one league point, which I think was a big... Um, Big complaint from the Atlanta Reign specifically. And then, um, yeah, more Shanghai Dragons championship skin coming soon is what they said. Drops returning, of course. It'd be a travesty if they didn't, uh, as well as tournament skins like we got last year. So, yeah, lots of lots of confirmations here. We also got basically, I think we got the entire first week schedule actually uh, tweeted later. It wasn't in the video, but they tweeted it later. So we have one week. We don't have the full schedule yet, including some great opening day matchups like um, LA Gladiators versus New York Excelsior and Shanghai Dragons versus the Philadelphia Fusion. Uh, I believe Fusion fans are very scared for that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the Battle for Texas, of course, returns in the first week. Houston and Dallas. So looking looking overall like a, a good. They, I think they also announced that they were making sure that teams. Um, didn't get a buy there were no longer teams that would get a buy in week one because that uh, uh, that was just straight up an unfair advantage right because every every um every tournament had a different meta not playing in that first week of the tournament meant you get to master the meta more um before you play for the first time so we are changing that as well all right that was a lot joe (laughs) anything you want to touch on or comment on out of all the all that news
1: it was a lot yeah uh, i i pulled out the uh, uh the bracket uh for the the countdown cup play-ins because i was curious when you mentioned that um that yeah the the top 10 uh teams out of 13 in north america and the top six out of seven in asia uh will be able to um uh, participate in that extended play in bracket to try to make it to the playoffs uh by the end which is significant that's that's you know 16 out of 20 teams um that'll have the chance to make that um um yeah, the, the uh, other thing to mention specifically specifically that came out of this video uh they confirmed uh, all the uh, viewership rewards and stuff will be continuing uh so they'll have um i guess it'll be youtube drops cuz they're <laughs> they're still on youtube um they'll have uh tournament skins uh commemorative like they did with uh with the May skin with the uh I don't know. Uh, the May is one I, the May one is the one I can think of right now. Um and they confirmed there will be a Shanghai Dragons um season 4 championship skin. Uh obviously no MVP skin. Um But we will see uh a Shanghai skin which is cool. Um definitely. But yeah, a lot of information and simultaneously it felt still felt like still no information enough or still not enough information um yeah they did um they did mention uh 5v5 several times but they didn't ever really mention overwatch 2 uh which i mean i'm sure was intentional um uh, just because i'm sure they they'd rather the the first things we start to hear about the game are you know uh in proper you know game related releases and all this kind of stuff but um but yes there, there's a lot uh, lots to think about and um um, and yeah, knowing that the uh, May fifth is the start date, so that puts us at uh, just ten weeks from uh, uh, from this Thursday. If you're you're listening on time, um, is 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 our start date?
0: Pretty nice, pretty exciting. We're almost there. I mean, obviously, I think they everyone thought they were aiming for April, so May may be a little disappointing. But I'm okay with it. I'm ready for it to come here. I mean. You mentioned the playing teams. I'm sad about like six out of seven have a chance to make playoff, like to, to play in the play-ins There, like that's that's nuts to me, especially with the extension of the amount of games in the season. I mean, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I really liked last season. Uh, the amount of matches it was 16 last year. I really liked that because it felt like every match mattered a lot more. I am all good with moving it to 24, so we get that even amount and we don't have that thing where some teams have a harder schedule than others. That was definitely a little not great. That wasn't great because some some teams just had awful schedules. I remember the Mayhem just had a ridiculously hard schedule, just super unfair. Um, so I, I think getting it to 24, I'm good with that. But making it also so more teams make play-ins, I think that makes it even harder like I don't know just makes it makes it so the matches matter even less uh, during the season which is sad to me um, yeah get placing in the bottom four is in the league is the way that you don't make postseason that's it um, it's it's nuts to me that that many teams are involved in the postseason um, I don't know how many teams are exactly are in playoffs themselves um, but Yeah, I'm not a fan of that personally, but uh, everything else looks fun to me. Uh, Joe, you mentioned they've only mentioned 5v5 and not Overwatch 2. A lot of people like uh, theorizing that that means that they're going to be playing in like a 5v5 version of just normal Overwatch because they're so behind on Overwatch 2 or something. That's a scary option (laughs) Um, and would be obviously extremely disappointing to a lot of people. So, man. Uh, That'd be sad if that happened.
1: Yeah, scary. (laughs) Scary is a good word. Uh, I I can't imagine they would realistically go for that. But then again, we've heard absolutely nothing. And to our knowledge, um, none of the Overwatch League teams even have access to a build right now. So, you know... uh, who knows at this point
0: (laughs) it's looking looking like more realistic than you thought it would for sure um and at this point like you have to like you can't just say oh we're just going back to overwatch one because everyone's gonna be like yo we like we we planned our entire team around the fact that this was gonna be 5v5 um so yeah if overwatch 2 wasn't available they would definitely just have to like somehow put 5v5 into overwatch through like um through through some some way um i know they're they're practicing somehow in 5v5 on on overwatch one right now so obviously they would be able to do it for the league as well but that would be so disappointing and sad um all right anything else to say about this or anything joe before we sign off here uh happy that we have an episode go
1: over 30 minutes yeah it's it's we're we're feeling blessed over here (laughs) um so yeah, yeah, we got about ten weeks till the start of the season. We'll start uh, uh, picking up the pace. Hopefully, if the the content uh, comes through, but we'll do you know team previews and stuff like we always do. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 exciting to start thinking about those again.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to actually sit down, and go through all these teams, and be like, okay, who's who's going to be best? Obviously, I still think some teams. Need to finish signing people before we could do that, which is unfortunately. Yeah. Or unfortunate. Uh, but yeah. There is that. Yeah, there is that. Um, hopefully, we get some more news here. I mean, we're two and a half months away from the league. Community update number one. So we've got to have a number two, right? Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, my Twitter's at JWGeorgeIVJoe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore inc inc. And our show's Twitter is at on the flank show. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, go to on the co or on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Thank you guys for listening. Continue to enjoy uh, this nice little off-season we're having.